On today's show, position preview week continues as we take a look at Dylan Brooks and Jay Sean Tate, the pair of small forwards for your Houston Rockets this season. Expectations for them going into this year, their roles, minutes distributions, potential lineups, and so much more, as well as, of course, our bold predictions for both Brooks and Tate. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingoon here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no-look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tarisen. Here comes Tarisen. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including... YouTube. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus different infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. Continuing on our position preview series here at Locked on Rockets, we are at the halfway mark, so we're focusing on these small forwards for the roster today. So we'll be taking a look at Dylan Brooks and Jay Sean Tate, expectations for these two guys coming into this season, their roles for this Rockets team, bold predictions, stat line predictions, and so much more. So we'll start with Dylan Brooks here, um, the projected starter, obviously. I say obviously. It's, you know, I, I guess it wasn't obvious to some Rockets fans in the immediate aftermath of the Brooks signing. Uh, people thinking that Dylan Brooks might come off the bench. But Dylan Brooks will be your starting small forward for this Houston Rockets team. And he is one of the two veterans that the Rockets were able to bring in, right? So when you look back at what his role was for the Memphis Grizzlies, he was the heart and soul of that Grizzlies team. He was tasked every single night with taking the toughest defensive assignment. And those traits, those properties that he brought to the Grizzlies are going to translate directly to this Houston Rockets team. He's going to fulfill that exact same role. He is going to be tasked with taking the toughest defensive assignment every single evening. And the biggest question mark for Dylan kind of coming into this role in Houston is how does he adapt offensively, right? Do we get good Dylan Brooks or do we get bad Dylan Brooks offensively? And I think that if Dylan's play during FIBA World Cup is anything to go off of, I'm cautiously optimistic that the Rockets are going to get the good version of Dylan Brooks and shout out to Paolo Alves co-host of the Loggerline podcast with your weekly co-host right here at LOR Ben DuBose uh, who had a fantastic point uh, that he brought up a while back regarding Dylan Brooks and the fact that the four-year contract that Dylan Brooks signed hopefully gives Dylan a level of peace of mind where maybe last season you make the argument that 
you know, at times he was asked to do a little too much for the Grizzlies when certain players were out due to injury, whether it was Ja or Desmond Bain, because the Grizzlies really didn't have that many guys that could create and do things offensively, whereas Dylan can. Uh, shout out to DeMichael Cole, who was on this show and said, Dylan Brooks is a shot creator. He's not necessarily a shot maker, though. And uh, I love that way to describe Dylan Brooks's game. But hopefully, and to, to Palo Alves' point, Hopefully what the four-year contract does is it allows Dylan the comfort and the ease of mind, or the peace of mind, I should say, of just settling into the role that the Rockets really envisioned for him, right? Because I don't think there's a world where the Rockets pitched Dylan Brooks and said, hey, we want you to come in and be the second option or even the third option. I think the role that they pitched for him is, hey, we want you to come in, mentor and tutor these young guys, right? Teach Jabari and Tari and Jalen how to be high-quality NBA defenders, right? Lead by example for these young guys. Do what you do best, but here are the things that we don't need you to do, right? We don't need you to take these ill-advised pull-up, you know, mid-range shots. We don't need you to take rushed three-pointers. We want you to slot into you know, a, a role and kind of stay in your lane for this team. So that's kind of the really big question mark with Dylan Brooks is do we get good Dylan Brooks or bad Dylan Brooks? And during his play for Team Canada during FIBA World Cup, he was the best version of Dylan Brooks I've seen in a while, right? He was easily their second best player behind SGA, and he really settled into his role. He didn't overexert himself. He didn't do too much offensively. He played his role. He played really gritty defense, just everything that you would want out of Dylan Brooks. And if he can bring that version of his game to the Houston Rockets, then I think Rockets fans are going to fall in love with him pretty much overnight. There's a lot of Rockets fans who have already bought into the Dylan Brooks hype. He is definitely the same type of mold of player, right? The Patrick Beverly's, the Draymond Greens, where you hate playing against them, but you love when they're on your team, right? I, in, I imagine he's going to be a fan favorite within... 15, 20 games of the season probably where Rockets fans are going to just absolutely adore Dylan Brooks. Defensively, he gives you a lot of optionality, um, right? He's big enough to cover multiple positions. Can I, it's, it's tough because we overuse the term, you know, guards positions one through five on the floor, but Dylan is a guy who can switch comfortably across multiple positions all, all the way across the floor. He gives the Rockets an all-NBA caliber defensive presence, and I think that's really where Ime is going to rely on him, right? He is going to be kind of the tip of the spear defensively for this team, right? Quarterbacking the defense. We saw clips and highlights of Dylan during FIBA World Cup where he was explaining to his teammates, hey, this is how we need to guard Luka, right? This is how... We need to slow him down. Do this when you're checking him, right? And he's spoken in the past before when I asked him about kind of how his role in Memphis prepared him for this role in Houston, and he sees a lot of similarities, right, between Jalen and Jabari and Ja and Triple J and kind of the leaps that those young guys can take similar to the way that Ja and Triple J took leaps and became, you know, the level of players that they currently are today. So I think Dylan is really almost perfectly equipped for this situation that the Houston Rockets have for him. And I know that there was maybe some, you know, immediate maybe buyer's remorse right after seeing the contract and the numbers. I fully believe that his contract is one that's going to age pretty beautifully with this new CBA as the salary cap continues to increase. 20 million a year for Dylan Brooks seems like a lot right now, but it's a lot easier to stomach when you start looking at it like, okay, you're paying 20 million a year for an all NBA caliber defender. And that's, pretty much par for the course, right? There's only 10 of those players in the NBA every single season. And the Rockets have one of those guys now. 
and defense was easily one of the areas that they had to improve the most. Dylan and Fred, the addition of those guys is is going to elevate the Rockets' defense to a completely different level this season to where they've actually got some capable point-of-attack defenders. They've got good team defenders. They've got guys who are going to hold the other guys on the floor accountable. You think Dylan is going to be content to let Jalen have blown defensive coverages ever? He's going to be in Jalen's ear every single play, making sure he's making the right reads, the right rotations, understanding where he's supposed to be. And that goes for everybody on the entire roster. So... When you hear about what Dylan brought to the Memphis Grizzlies, the fact that he was the heart and soul for that team, um, and the fact that the Grizzlies, you know, are going to miss him, right? Losing Dylan Brooks is not as simple as, oh, they're, you know, addition by subtraction, they'll be better without Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks brings a lot of things that are really tough to quantify as a basketball player. When you just look at the stats, sometimes you look at the efficiency or you look at, you know, the eye test even suggests, oh, he's, you know, a black hole offensively at times. There's so much more that he brings to the table from a leadership perspective, a defense perspective, all this stuff. And I am incredibly excited to see what he does for the Houston Rockets. I'll have his stat line predictions and, and again, his bold prediction. Uh, we'll tackle those in segment three. Coming up, we're going to shift gears and take a look at Jay Sean Tate and some of the lineups that are be that are going to be able to be unlocked for the Houston Rockets utilizing guys like Dylan Brooks and Jay Sean Tate and their kind of positional flexibility, if you will, up and down the Rockets roster. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get yourself a Jace case. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's shift gears here from Dylan Brooks to Jay Sean Tate. And we'll, we'll probably bounce back and forth a little bit here, but... Jay Shante, and you know it's it's so funny seeing you know at least the uh, you know, a vocal majority of Rockets fans uh, seeming very much out on Jay Shante, right? It, it's a far cry from where Rockets fans were two or three years ago when Jay Shante made All Rookie First Team, and Rockets fans were really excited. You know, Jay Shante, you know, compared to at times like a mini, you know, poor man's Draymond Green, if you will, at times, and you know, it's just it's been such a long winding road for Rockets fans to get to this point. But, you know, seeing, you know, projected depth charts and stuff that have Cam Whitmore as the backup small forward over Jay Shantate, I need Rockets fans to to ready themselves because Jay Shantate is going to have a role on this team. He is going to be the backup small forward. And I fully expect Ime Odoka to rely on him quite a bit because he's not, even though he's part of the you know, the rebuilding era, he's not a young member of the core the way that the other six players are. He is kind of an older veteran, right? It's, you know, Jay Sean has had a kind of a weird path to get to the NBA. So he is older. He's been around the block a bit longer than some of these other players. 
And that's the type of player that you expect a, especially a brand new, and I can't say brand new head coach, but a head coach in a brand new situation to probably lean on and rely on, right? Jason Tate has a strong voice in that locker room. There's a connection between him and the other young core members because he's been here, right? He's been through the rebuild with them. So he understands some of the frustrations. He understands some of what this team was going through during the Steven Silas era. And I fully expect him and Ime Odoka to have a strong relationship, right? Where Ime can kind of lean on him and understand where maybe some of these bad tendencies have come from for this team, right? Kind of reflecting on, hey, well, you know, this is what we were taught, you know, the last two years. And so this is how you're going to have to change their mentalities, their behaviors towards certain things on the floor. I fully expect Jay Shantae to be a big part of Ime Odoka kind of trying to turn this thing around here in Houston, not necessarily just from his on-court you know, production minutes, which I still think he's going to have a pretty decent role there. But just again, the off the court stuff, right? The leadership kind of understanding where this team has been and where they're trying to go. And again, being an extension of e in that locker room. He's not a quote unquote veteran the way that uh, Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks are, but he's still going to have an impact on this team for sure. Now, as far as his role, I mean, Dylan's going to be your starter. And Dylan is going to get anywhere from, you know, 30, 36 minutes a night, something like that. He's going to be eating up a ton of minutes. Dylan got about 30 minutes, you know, per game last season. I expect that number to to jump up a little bit here because he's going to be the Rockets' best defender. They're going to lean on him pretty heavily. Uh, again, one of two uh, de facto veterans on the roster. So I would not be surprised to see Dylan get, uh, you know, anywhere from 34 to 36 minutes a night, something in that range. But Tate is going to be your backup small forward. And it might be on any given night as few as 10 to 12 minutes a game. It might be as much as 18 to 20 minutes a night, kind of matchup dependent. And we've already highlighted this through a couple different uh, episodes of our position preview week. But the Rockets have so much lineup versatility on this team, right? They can go incredibly small if you wanted to run Jabari or Tari even at the five and then throw out Dylan Brooks and Jay Shantae. You can throw out like a wrecking ball lineup of plus defenders where they're just going to be, you're going to have a bunch of dogs out there just getting after it, right? It's actually really funny that Jay Shantae shares a lot of similarities to Dylan Brooks in their respective play styles, what they bring to the table, their deficiencies at times on the offensive end of the floor with the lack of shooting at times from both of them. And yet Rockets fans have, you know, some of them have embraced the idea of Dylan Brooks conceptually. And then for Jay Sean Tate, they're just like, no, get him out of here. He's, he's sick of him. You know, I'd rather give the minutes to Cam Whitmore. And I can understand it maybe from a talent perspective, just raw talent. Cam Whitmore is incredibly talented and it would be cool to see him get some burn. But for a guy like Ime Odoka who wants to, who already has a defense first mentality and for a Rockets team that wants to play competitive basketball, there's just a certain risk that comes with rookies getting minutes. And Amin Thompson, I think, is going to be a bit, quite a bit more of a polished rookie than even I would have expected a couple months ago. Um, and the Rockets are going to have to kind of lean on him for the, the backup point guard minutes that he's going to provide off the bench this season. But the difference between a Jay Sean Tate and a Cam Whitmore is while Cam might have a bit more offensive versatility and while it might be more fun to see 15 to 20 minutes a night of Cam Whitmore and be get really excited about the future and let him get that developmental run, that's not going to come without mistakes, right? Cam is already at a place where, you know, he, you know, we saw it in Summer League, right? He's got the blinders on at times, right? Just very tunnel visioned at times, very raw, the decision-making not quite all the way there. And you just don't encounter some of those same things with Jay Sean Tate. And I know there will be some Rockets fans who are like, oh my God, Tate was so selfish last year. 
everybody on the team was selfish last season, right? If we go back to the first couple years of Jay Sean Tate's NBA career, back when he was kind of in that point forward role where he was quite, where playmaking was a bit more of his bread and butter than actually trying to score the ball. I mean, that's the version of Jay Sean Tate that I think we're going to get this season. We're going to get Jay Sean Tate as a connective tissue piece where he is going to kind of, I think he's going to take a step back, stay in his lane, do what he's supposed to do when he's on the floor. I don't think we're going to see like the Jay Sean Tate ISO God from this past season where he would just take the ball from the top of the key and drive it in, do his little pirouette and try and score like that, which to be fair, he is still really effective at doing. He's got one hell of an effective go-to move, which is that driving left-handed sweeping layup or like where he, you know, hop steps, plants himself, and then does all the pirouettes and spins in the paint and somehow gets the ball up. He's really effective in and around the rim. But I think there's a way that Ime Odoka can lean into and utilize Jay Shantate's skills as a connective tissue piece offensively. And then obviously the defensive side of things, right? I think it's very, I think it's very, I think it's a pretty easy argument to make that Jay Shantate is likely the second best defender on this Rockets roster. Second best point of attack defender for sure. Um, he moves his feet incredibly well. He does have a tendency to foul at inopportune moments, right? There are some bad fouls that Jay Sean Tate makes and he's not infallible, right? There's <laughs> fouls, infallible, terrible word choice. Um, I'm hoping that Ime Odoka can help kind of, you know, squash some of those bad behaviors, right? And that's that's the thing he's going to be able to do across the roster, right? The same way that Ime can help Jalen and Jabari and Tari and Shingun grow, uh, you know, as players, he can still help Jay Sean Tate grow as a player. Jay Sean Tate is still only going into his fourth year in the NBA. I know he's a bit older, but... It's not impossible for players to grow and adapt and change their games a little bit more. So I expect him to have a big role for this Rockets team. He's going to be going to be an important piece off the bench for these guys. And for me, and this kind of bleeds into, you know, kind of our our bold predictions here coming up in just a second, but I really think that when Rockets fans take a look back or, or take a look at this season, I think they're going to realize that Jay Sean Tate and not trading him was actually a really strong move and that he's going to bring a lot to the table for this Rockets team. There was a lot of issues last season across the board, and I, the number one gripe that I see is, you know, how does Tate affect the spacing, right? What does he do when you have him out there with Shingoon or with Amin or with Jalen and, and how our defense is going to hold him, guard him, all that uh, at times last year, right, they parked a big on Jay Sean Tate. They put a center on Jay Sean Tate and just ignored him at the three-point line. One of the, I think, benefits to where he's probably going to get his minutes this season, which is predominantly going to be at the small forward spot, is if you have him out there with any two other legitimate bigs, right, any two of Jabari, Shingun, Tari, Landale, Jeff Green, whatever, pick your two of those five guys. If you have Tate out there and he's actually the three on the floor, you really can't get away with parking a four or a five on him because then you're going to have a positional mismatch somewhere else on the floor that either Shingun or Jabari or Tari or Jock or Jeff can take advantage of. So one of the issues last season with how the Rockets utilized Jay Sean Tate and the fact that he basically played, you know, four and sometimes even small ball five last year is that it led to opposing teams being able to scheme and really take the Rockets out of anything they wanted to do offensively because of really terrible spacing, lineup management, all of that by last year's team, by, by Steven Silas. So this year, 
I'm fully expecting a different version of Jay Sean Tate on the floor. I don't think we're, look, I'm not expecting him to suddenly become a knockdown three-point shooter. He's still got his warts on his game, right? I just am begging Rockets fans to go into it with an open mind, right? Give him a chance. If it looks bad 20 games in, I'll be the first one to say, yeah, Jay Sean Tate doesn't fit on this team. They need to get rid of him, right? He shouldn't have the minutes. They should be going to Cam Whitmore, whatever. I'll be one of the first people to say it, and I will gladly eat crow. But I'm holding out stock on Jay Sean Tate Island. I think he's going to be a big part of this team, and I think he's going to be an important part of the push that they make playing competitive basketball again this season. So coming up, want to get into stat line predictions, bold predictions for Dylan Brooks and Jay Sean Tate, as well as just final thoughts on the small forward position for this Houston Rockets team. We're going to get there in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, I do want your thoughts. Give me your expectations, your thoughts for Dylan Brooks and Jay Sean Tate this season. Let us know in the YouTube comments if you also want to share your stat line predictions or any bold predictions that you might have for either of those players. Drop them in the YouTube comments. Do read each and every one of those. I do read each and every one of those every single day, and I do my best to try to reply to some of them. Um, we'll get more. We'll be more active uh, on the YouTube side. I, I've got some creative ideas for some of the, some stuff that I want to do uh, with the YouTube channel this season, especially. So. Uh, it'll be a fun year, uh, you know, a lot of great content ideas that I'm sitting on, um, some really exciting stuff planned down the line for this season in particular. Now, looking at Dylan Brooks and, again, the role that he's going to have for this Houston Rockets team, I kind of was sitting there trying to think, okay, what would be a good stat line prediction for Dylan Brooks? Because, again, I think the, you know, when you look at the hierarchy of what this team is going to be offensively, I don't, I don't know how there isn't a world where of the projected five starters, Van Vliet, Jalen, Brooks, Jabari, and Shingoon, I don't know how there isn't a world where Dylan Brooks is the fifth option of those five guys. And I think that's very, I think that's probably going to be the message or the direction that we see this team take is where very clearly Jalen will be your number one option. And then... It'll be some combination of Van Vliet, Jabari, and Shingoon as your two through four options, and that'll kind of be where Van Vliet steers the ship, right? Where Fred decides, okay, I've got it going tonight, so Jalen and I are the big guns. Or Jabari's really cooking, cool, I'm going to get him more involved. Or Shingoon's got a couple mismatches, or their big really can't hold him, or their big's in foul trouble, and we want to you know, prioritize that early on. Awesome, going to get the ball down low to Shingoon. I think those are going to be your options two, three, and four in some capacity, and it'll change kind of on a night-to-night basis probably. And then Dylan is going to be the guy bringing up the rear, where I don't expect him to get a ton of shot attempts, right? In fact, I expect him, I expect his shot attempts to drop uh, this season for the Rockets compared to where he was last year with the Grizzlies. He averaged 14 points, uh, 14 points a game last season on almost 14 shot attempts per game. I fully expect his shot attempts to go down to something like 10 a game. Um... And as far as his stat line prediction uh, for Dylan Brooks, I'm thinking something along the lines of like 10, 10 points, six boards, three assists, and probably a couple steals, in fact. I, I think he's really going to be in a position where he's going to be able to channel all, all of his energy into the defensive side of the ball to where we see him really, really hone in on that end, right? Where he's making an impact, where he's playing passing lanes, where he's turning defense into offense, easy opportunities. That's what I'm hoping to see 
out of Dylan Brooks. That is the best case scenario for Dylan Brooks this season, whereas the worst case scenario is you get the bad version of Dylan Brooks where he's shot chucking and he's, you know, taking taking on an enormous role offensively, and that's not what you want, right? There isn't a world where any of Jabari or Shingoon or Fred or Jalen should be getting less shot attempts on a given game that or in a given game, I should say, than Dylan Brooks. So I think that's going to be his stat line, 10, 6, and 3 with a couple steals. And I'm going to be cautiously optimistic here as part of my, as part of the good Dylan Brooks optimism and cutting out some of the bad shots from his shot profile offensively. I say that he actually hits 36% from three this season. Um, We looked at the numbers and Dylan on catch and shoot threes, right? Per synergy was making about 40% of his threes. It's the bad three point shots, right? The ones where he, you know, dribble pull up threes or step back threes or, you know, rush threes early in the shot clock with a hand in his face, like stuff like that. Those ill-advised threes are the ones that kind of tank his three point percentage and have historically, but the good threes that he takes, which hopefully he's able to get a lot of those playing off of Jalen and Shingoon and Van Vliet this season I think he can get to a place where he's shooting 36% from three. So those are my predictions for Brooks. 10, six, and three with two steals and 36% from three. The steals is probably really aggressive there. Um, And my bold prediction for Dylan Brooks is that he makes it to first team all NBA defense. I think that the Rockets have this potential Cinderella narrative behind them where they've been the laughing stock of the NBA. If they make a push and if they're, you know, comfortably in the play-in discussion or fighting for a playoff spot, Uh, and Dylan Brooks is the best defender on the team, I think there's absolutely a world where the voters look at it and say, oh, well, the Houston Rockets defense suddenly went from, you know, bottom three, bottom five in the NBA to, you know, they're, uh, you know, in the top half of NBA defenses, right? Top 15 at a minimum. Then I think voters are going to look at that and realize, hey, Emei is a big part of that, but so is Dylan Brooks, right? I'm not expecting him to be like in the DPOY conversation or anything, but first team all defense is not a stretch for Dylan Brooks. So that's my bold prediction for Brooks. Now for Jay Sean Tate, coming off the bench, backing up Dylan Brooks, uh, probably anywhere from, you know, as few as 10 minutes a night to as as many as 20-ish, depending on matchups. I think his stat line is going to be probably a little like the counting stats a little bit less than last season, but I'm going to say kind of conservatively eight points, five boards, three dimes and a steal per game. I think that sounds about right for Jay Sean Tate and the production that he can provide off the bench. Um, I think we're going to see a team that really prioritizes rebounding. I know that, uh, this Rockets team, one of the few things that they did well last season was rebound the basketball in largely because they really attacked the offensive glass, but that was also kind of lack of discipline because they couldn't guard a lick in transition because they constantly had sometimes two, three, four guys all trying to crash the offensive glass at once. But I do fully expect this team to be a good, uh, like fundamentally defensive team, I think they're go- is what Ime is going to strive for this season. And closing out defensive possessions strong by securing the defensive rebound is going to be a big part of this team's identity, I think, this next season. So I'm expecting the rebound numbers kind of across the board for a lot of the players on the team to to rise up a little bit. So Jay Shantae, eight points, five boards, three assists, and a steal. And I'm also going to go out on a limb here and say 34% three-point shooting for Jay Shantae as well. That might be pie in the sky. That might be, you know, red tinted goggles, whatever you want to call it. But 
I think there's a world where Jay Sean Tate can get to a place where he's more consistent with that three ball, uh, especially when you put him, I think, in the corners. And I think that's something that the Rockets did such a terrible job with this past season is a lot of threes, you know, were taken, especially by Jay Sean Tate, right? He took a lot of threes kind of top of the key or on the wing, um, and and this I'm just going off eye test here. I wanted to look this up before I before I hit the record button. I should have because uh, I could be completely off base here. But you look at a guy like PJ Tucker, right? And PJ is not a great three point shooter from the top of the arc or from the wings, but he is a phenomenal three point shooter from the corners. It's a shorter three point shot, and something about you know just depth perception or the angle or whatever, not having the backboard there. PJ knows how to knock down corner threes, right? I think Jay Shantae can get to a place where he is at least PJ Tucker-esque in where maybe he's never going to be a knockdown three-point shooter from, you know, all the way around the world, the three-point line. But if he can just become a reliable, consistent shot from the corners, again, 34, 35%, just enough to keep defenses honest, plus everything else that he brings to the table as a kind of a Swiss Army knife type of player, I think he has a chance to be kind of a mainstay part of like a top eight, top nine rotation that is pushing for the playoffs, right? There's a reason that the Boston Celtics were, you know, inquiring about picking up Jay Sean Tate this past season, right? Good teams like players like Jay Sean Tate. They really do. Um, and I know the shooting is kind of a holdup on his game, but with the addition of Ben Sullivan to this Rockets roster, I would not be surprised to see, to see shooting improvement just drastically across the board for all these guys, right, that we have concerns about, right? Alperin Shingun, Jay Sean Tate, Amin Thompson. Ben Sullivan's got his work cut out for him, but if he can get those guys to just be decent three-point shooters. They don't have to be knockdown shooters. They don't have to be, you know, three-point snipers. But if he can just get them to where they have respectable three-point shots to where defenses can't just ignore them at the three-point line, you combine that with everything else that those guys have as part of their games already, and those players have just been elevated to another tier of basketball player just by adding a semi-consistent three-point shot. So, and for Jay Sean Tate, my bold prediction kind of already hinted at this, but... My bold prediction is Rockets fans are going to be happy that Tate didn't get traded. You know, I think right now some of the leftover vitriol, if you will, from the Kevin Porter Jr. situation and and people who were, you know, upset and disgruntled by the KPJ experiment for the last two years, which, hey, I was one of those people. I'm not going to hide that. I, I see some of that frustration being shifted towards Jay Shante. Why are they playing Jay Shante? Why is he still here, right? Just move on from him. He's a holdover from the Silas era, all of that. He's another one of Stone's pet favorites, which is absolutely true. Jay Shante is another Rafael Stone guy, right? Tate found Stone. He's one of their, you know, his diamond in the rough that he found overseas, all of that, you know, undrafted prospect, all of that. Um, and we saw, we already saw firsthand what Stone's attachment to Kevin Porter Jr. kind of did and caused for this organization for the past two years. One, Jay Sean Tate is not being given that type of, uh, uh, he's not being given that much room to, you know, do whatever he wants, uh, that much cachet, I guess, with the organization, uh, at least not in regards to how much Kevin Porter Jr. got. But I just think that he actually has a chance to be an impactful player, right? Felt this way the moment the Rockets picked him up and have still felt this way, right? He wasn't 100% last season, had to work himself back into the rotation after missing a chunk of the year due to injury. I think he's going to be a big part of this team this season. I think Rockets fans are going to be really happy that the team didn't 
dump him or trade him or package him with KPJ or whatever down the line uh, when we get through this season and he's actually a big part of the success that this team hopefully has. So those are my stat line predictions, bold predictions, just general thoughts on Dylan Brooks and Jay Sean Tate heading into this Houston Rockets season. Give me your thoughts in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets, like, comment, subscribe, all that great stuff. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.